0: Happy New Year, Borrachos y Borrachas. Welcome to Borrachex Radio. I'm Carla from Lipstick and Vodka. If you don't know who I am, welcome. Um, if you guys are tuning in and waiting, have been waiting for this for the past like two fucking months, welcome back. And I'm so excited to be back. So, Happy New Year. I don't want to tell you too much of what's going on in my life just because I want to get into this episode ASAP. Didn't think this one, I re- uh, didn't think this through, I didn't realize that it was the new year. So, on the third episode, I will tell you guys everything that's going on in my life. Just a quick update, I have a child, dog, not a real child now. His name's Rocky, so excited. Um, but I have so many stories to tell you guys, because this past week, basically, I fucked up my life. So, um, let's just get into the interview, and I will talk to you guys later. Bye! Welcome to Boratchek's radio. My uterus doesn't like do all of it. Can you, you put your dick inside me? It's the girl who's on the top there with me. Did I like her? Uh, mean, nice t- so she's meant to be so person. <gasps> uh, was he supposed to come in my mouth? Okay, before we even get started on anything, I guess like explain to us your pronouns.
1: Um, well, my name is George, and my my name is George, and my pronouns are they, them, theirs. Um, I am a non-binary trans person, so I feel like I kind of exist outside the gender binary personally. So, uh, gender-neutral pronouns like they, them, work for me personally. A lot of people argue that they, them is not singular; it's not a singular pronoun, mm-hmm. but. They are incorrect, and with a little research, they could discover that themselves.
0: So kind of explain to me what non-binary trans means. Um, I guess I'm a a little clueless, and I want to get everybody. Clueless is cool, respectful is great, and you're both. No, thanks, (laughs) you
1: say. Um, But um, so trans, trans identity, um, do we want to start with Gender and sex, maybe?
0: Okay. Okay. Whatever yeah. is, I guess, easier to explain and like so everybody so, else can comprehend?
1: Gender is a social construct. It is influenced by your geographic location, the culture you were born into, the time period you were born into, and just a whole mess of other stuff. And if it's subjective and relative to the environment it's in, well, if it's not static, we don't have to stay what we were assigned at birth regarding gender. Um, so trans just means if you identify or if you've discovered about yourself that you are a different gender expression than you were assigned at birth. And we say AFAB, assigned female at birth, or AMAB, assigned male at birth, um, then you're trans. That's Did that get a little windy? Yeah. I,
0: yeah. <laughs> I'm like, wait, wait, wait. Um, okay.
1: Any person who does not identify with the gender they were assigned okay. at birth, which... would automatically make them trans. Yeah, well, and they don't have to take that title if they don't want to. But it's kind of interesting to think that we look at the puffy, weird, distorted genitals of newborn babies, and we (laughs) give them documentation that designates them a certain career path, a certain uh, acceptable social expression, uh, a uniform they're allowed to wear, and when they would be ostracized if they deterred outside of that. So um, I don't feel like I fall in either category. Uh, It has nothing to do with my genitals, or how I have sex with other people, or who I have sex with. It's
0: just. uh, When did you begin to, when did you change your pronouns? Because were you. Oh, this
1: was like recent, like barely in the last two years. I always felt like I wasn't trans enough to Mm -hmm. identify that way. The way I had been raised to understand it, uh, if you did change your gender, you went from male to female, or female to male. Mm -hmm. Opposite ends of the spectrum. But in other cultures, even existing within this nation's borders, uh, and I mean, many religions, many many locations, gender is not binary. It's not static, and uh, it's it's a lot more flexible, even for those who occupy traditional binary roles. Mm-hmm. But
0: um, I so know I, George uh, wasn't your George birth- is not my birth name. Um, you don't have to say it. No. But just like, when did you decide to change it, or why? Because you, your name was cha- you changed your name before you decided to change your pronouns as well yes okay.
1: um, so I've always felt very like gender non-conforming mm-hmm. and I have had many different names and nicknames from people who know me and love me and there's certain periods of my life where I'm like oh that's the Jeremy period that's the toasty period <laughs> um, and then George was actually suggested to me by a loved one mm-hmm. we were just like thinking of different names and I kind of liked how simple it was how In my head, it was like a a piece of white clay country pottery that holds milk on a dinner table on Sundays. (laughs) It was like, George, George, Okay, I like that. And um, I still didn't really understand what I was doing and what I was going through. So I didn't really think about pronouns. Mm-hmm. And I didn't push it for a long time. I didn't demand that respect from myself, from people I know, or people I worked with.
0: Do so. you know if they, them, and their pronouns has, all, like, has been a thing like, for a long time? Yes. Because I didn't hear about it until recently. But I think it's because that's when this conversation really started getting some coverage on like, social media outlets. It entered you
1: know. the, the national conversation. Exactly. So not only have they them pronouns been acceptable in singular situations, but there's also a gender neutral honorific like miss and mister. Okay. There's mix, which is mx and it's pronounced mix. And uh, yeah, it's been in use for several decades, but we just don't really
0: So okay, so how would I use that in a sentence, I guess?
1: Um like uh, oh, so if you were introducing somebody, you'd be like uh Mrs. Garcia, this is Mix Longoria. Okay. And my last name is Longoria.
0: OK, that yeah. makes sense. OK, sorry. I wanted to clear that up just because I know this is, especially here in the uh, in the Valley, we don't talk about these things. This isn't something that I feel like a lot of people are kind of, what's the word? We're,
1: we're not super aware of it. The vocabulary and the permission to talk about these things were taken from us. Mm-hmm. Um, again and again and again, we've been erased from history.
0: OK, so we were talking about... Um, what were we talking about? Oh pronouns. Pronoun Oh no, sorry. Yes, yes, we were. Sorry you guys, it's cause we came back from a, a little mini break. But um we were talking about your pronouns and we were still discussing how like the non binary and everything. So continue, you were saying that trans has been erased from history.
1: Um, or, either through, uh, imperialistic, uh, what is it? Colonialist standards, mm-hmm. uh, removing like the, uh, indigenous cultures that supported that from the area and inserting a very, uh, Judeo-Christian binary interpretation of the world and social structures and our relation to one another. Um, to use pronouns that are comfortable with me, to call me by my name, George, this costs somebody nothing. Mm. It is a general kindness Mm -hmm. if uh i
0: think it's kind of like a form of respect and i don't know about it absolutely respectful yeah
1: i don't know if you remember it's not so common now uh when a woman gets married you change it from miss to missus and uh miss is like a compromise in the middle we understand that we accommodate those honorifics once we know more about a person so i
0: never thought of it like that i mean i always understood you know what i will i respect every human being Mm -hmm the way they want to be called, the way they want to be talked to, like, I I will go ahead and respectfully do so. But I never thought of it as in, like... We already do it. Yeah, so, like, you actually... If you go to a woman, I... Yeah. A A person, and you ask, like, Mr. or Mrs., which one...
1: Usually if you, like like address it on a check or even like the way weddings are like the wedding invitations are mm-hmm. sent out like the they describe the parents and everything mr. and mrs. or sometimes it's uh like women used to be known by their their husband's last name oh
0: i guess they still do that yeah they still but you like i always hate like what are your pronouns carla um how do you how do you say it um her, her name is carla yes my name is carla um so that's what i go by yes. and then my pronouns are her, she, she,
1: her, and hers. Okay, so Sometimes she, it's her, they just and hers. Do, like she and her. I've actually
0: never gotten that question. Oh, well, they automatically assume. Why? Yeah, they automatically assume, which I think maybe shouldn't be assumed, right?
1: Yeah, I, I people really. I mean, not everybody, and it's not like a, a terrible reaction to to witness, but like some people just don't understand how easy it is. Like they're losing nothing mm-hmm. by just chilling the heck out
0: can i curse on this? yeah definitely chilling the fuck out oh my <laughs> god um and do you feel like maybe people who don't quite understand it um overthink it and can
1: definitely th- and they they get really like anxious and like my mom <laughs> is that me no no um my mom gets super anxious sometimes when she slips up on my name or she says something like oh you're my beautiful daughter or whatever and she'll catch herself and she'll be like son or what? Yeah, um, so what... Yeah, my mom doesn't quite get that I'm, I'm what I'm doing, but she's trying, so mm-hmm. I'm super happy. She's like, oh, I call boys beautiful, too. So no,
0: in that situation, what would it be?
1: It's fine. Bro. It's oh, fine. Oh, a child, her offspring. She can call me daughter. To me, sister and daughter are uh, socio-spiritual roles in certain contexts, like in a, a circle of witches or whatever. So I don't really push that far away. Mm-hmm. She and her, I will not get mad if you use that pronoun. Never he and him. Not okay. a man. But um, thank you for sharing your pronouns with us. (laughs) That's a a way that cis allies can normalize sharing pronouns, so it's not such a huge deal when a trans person asserts theirs. Mm. It's kind of cool that in formal emails I see in a professional, context i think i said that word too many times no, no, no worries uh, no
0: one's gonna be like um they are I saying it three times <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but- unless you're on wasted wednesday they will they will be like oh they're saying this so many times let's take a shot every single time they say this
1: that sounds so fun honestly <laughs> um well i mean i've seen it in professional emails where it's included in the signature of the sender their pronouns as well
0: as their contact information which i think is cool wow I'm going to think about that now, yeah. especially for my lipstick and vodka email, mm-hmm. because I feel like it's something that we need to continue talking about and obviously respect. So it's something.
1: I'm okay. sorry I'm drinking into the mic.
0: No, it's I, fine. I want to make
1: sure you guys can There's hear my There's times speaking. where I'm
0: recording and I like burp and I'm like, I'm so sorry.
1: <laughs> I'm learning to burp upwards. Usually no one's tall enough to like... Uh, Smell it? Yeah. <laughs> my boyfriend pointed out, like I'd be
0: looking at him and talking at him and I'd burp and be like... Oh. <laughs> and he's like why would you do that yeah no now that i have this puppy he farted the other day i was like i was like oh my god i'm so used to being alone i so yeah, i hate when worst. you're
1: like bending over or working out or something and by working out i mean like doing a light stretch
0: because i don't work out oh okay. and like your dog comes over and snicks. so ever since i got ever since i got him i haven't gone to the gym <laughs> because i am like i'm that like overprotective dog mom where i'm like I'm like, if I leave him for too long, what's going to happen? Like, right now, like, I'm dying inside. because. But it's I wish like, he
1: could come and chill with us. Does he fall asleep in your arms?
0: No, he wants to play all the time. So that's why I'm like, I need to leave him. I need to teach him, do you
1: need a fucking doggy daycare for going to the gym. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, I, yeah. I mean, you can do that. I was...
0: Oh, that's really cute. Give me a second. My mom was calling me. Yeah. Okay, sorry, guys. We're back from another fucking break. Okay, so let's get into what you do. Um... <laughs> yeah. I
1: mean, it's it's kind of hard. I think we were talking earlier about how, like, I just, I do a lot of stuff. I'm currently freelancing. I left my long term, honestly, dream job in uh, the end of January. What was
0: your dream job?
1: I was able to educate and interact with people uh, and share information about intimacy and mm-hmm. safe sex and positivity and it. It really went so much be- more beyond that, but basically helped provide the information and tools they need for affirmation and healthy sexuality. And I f- freaking loved that. Mm-hmm. Um, Adam and Eve, uh, the physical stores in the Rio Grande Valley uh, gave me my start. They were the first job I had after reintegrating from the fashion industry
0: into normal life. Was that your first time working in something that was like sex related or have you always been? I I was
1: an intern with Planned Parenthood back in college. I've always been interested. Like when I first started to think I might have been like queer back at like 13, I went to the library and like researched the fuck about that. Yes, Uh, because I didn't really know anything about that
0: stuff. But can uh, I ask how old you are? I am 27. Oh, you're really young. I'm. I'm, (laughs) I mean, I'm 24, but like, oh my God, you're very, very young.
1: (laughs) I thought you might be my age because I'm. (laughs)
0: <laughs> not taking this well. Um, no, you're fine. I don't. I, I think you're not old until you're like 60.
1: You're only as old as you feel, That's and I true. mean, I. Some of the most energetic people I've ever seen at an orgy were like silver-haired, silver pubed So like, mm, sometimes it takes different time get to know different
0: episode. I definitely need. To, uh, we definitely need to talk about this too. Anyway, <laughs> okay. Um, we were, so I because I, there is something we really do want to talk about. There's yes. like a big topic. So
1: so we'll, we'll merge this yes, gracefully of course. In there. Um. In the state of Texas, sex education that is medically accurate and non-biased regarding certain religious religious context, religious spins, Uh, it's not required in Texas. I'm assuming you're not very religious. I am very, very religious in a in a, a, different, a different way. Yeah. Okay. I was raised Catholic. I was or, uh, ordained. I was uh, confirmed through Our Lady of Sorrows in McAllen. And uh, I'm the only one of my mom's seven children to go through that whole thing. And it was very, I, I loved the experience. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my favorite things about the Catholic religion is the rituals and the intense, uh, profound symbology mm-hmm. of just the whole fucking nonsense show. Yeah. And I mean, there's a lot of really terrible things about it. But what kept me in there and continued to interest me were the stories and the rituals that I was learning the meaning of. Mm-hmm. Um I remember at one point towards the end of my confirmation experience, they brought in a older, I guess... Like mentor who had been mm-hmm. through the program, who got confirmed, and they started to talk about like our responsibilities as an adult in the Catholic Church. And once we were confirmed, we were seen as a, an adult in the eyes of it. And um, they started to talk about sexuality, mm-hmm. and how uh, as a good Catholic member, the only pleasure we should have from intimacy uh, comes from creating a baby, which is fulfilling God's plan. Uh, with our husband in the, you know, the bounds of matrimony. Mm -hmm. And I raised my hand and I said, well, what about the clitoris? Mm -hmm. That is a sexual organ that has no other function besides sexual pleasure. Um, It is not tied to reproduction and it is, you know, unarguably... Present in uh-huh. there, and I. How old were you at this time? Seventeen. Okay, and I was taken out of the class, and I had three very angry ladies ask me like, "Why are you here? What do you want? Like, what uh-huh. wh- what are you part of this for?" And um, they tried to have me talk to a month senior, and then they put me in a new class. And
0: you're like, I still brought up the same question. <laughs> yeah,
1: um, it was just, mm, I really liked that whole experience, though, because my mom, they asked the parents to send uh, a letter mm-hmm. to the kids while they're at you know, confirmation camp for a week or whatever time period. And my mom wrote a really beautiful letter. Uh, about how she sees so much of herself in me and how she loves me. And she sees the same psychic ability that she and her mother and her relatives have, the mm-hmm. same intuitive sense. And I was like, this is not normal. No, <laughs> everybody else's letters that we had to read aloud in a circle did not sound like my mom's. Oh,
0: so you had to read yours aloud? I
1: got to read my
0: mom's letter aloud. What did they say? Eh, OK. Mm, they were like, OK. <laughs> not it's too like, much. Uh, they are like, yeah. we got to let them read it.
1: Yeah, so I um I am spiritual,
0: but I'm really looking for my own path and. Yeah, so I'm not very religious either. Um, Cool. My mom's more on the Catholic side, but she's more. I realize that she's more spiritual than anything. Like, she believes in a higher power, but I know she believes in God. But she also has like Buddhas in her in the restaurant.
1: I saw those. Yeah, Uh, so does she do
0: like any like no she doesn't so i just know she's very spiritual and she believe like she i guess she just respects a lot of Holiness. religion. yeah exactly so that's, that's kind of where i'm at like i i truly i do believe that there's something that's higher like with like so much okay. like yeah exactly but and even if there
1: there isn't and it's just us having awesome <laughs> lives for a couple decades at the most like maybe maybe that's not such a bad thing yeah either. like this is a huge guess we'll never know experience. Not yet. Anyway, I
0: know, right? Yeah, exactly. I.
1: Uh, I mean, Pope John Paul II said that the the Catholicism practiced on the border of Mexico and the United States is heretical. Huh? Hmm? It her, uh, heretics. Uh, it's it's not sanctioned. It's really witchy. It's uh, merged with a lot of indigenous practices. Okay, and, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So fuck him. <laughs> uh, I love it. I love seeing uh, how how the valley has a very unique spiritual expression. That I feel
0: like the valley is very unique and. In- All senses. It's
1: my favorite fucking place to live in the entire (laughs) world.
0: I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know if it's my favorite place because I have the biggest dream of going to New York and you've already gone. It was a... I love New York. I encourage everybody to visit it. I think it's a great place because you learn so much from so many people.
1: I learned a lot, exactly like you said, from so many people. I picked up a lot of information. I learned a lot through life. And what I really experienced was, uh, exploitation in the fashion industry. Um, you know, I'm not going to say human trafficking, but there is some weird-ass shit happening with most fashion agencies and their import importation of foreign models into I the I know United you didn't States.
0: want to talk too much about that. No. But uh, let's talk, like not about your fashion thing, no, but no. talk about, I guess. I'm sorry about that.
1: No, no, no. Um, so, this platform is for everything. So I didn't want to talk about that specific thing, mm-hmm. but the exploitation of that is actually super relevant to human trafficking and SESTA-FOSTA. Um, basically if you bring in droves of beautiful young women Mm -hmm. into a foreign country without work permits and house them in conditions that aren't super ideal, like eight people to a three bedroom apartment or 10 people to a three bedroom apartment. If you have 10 models sleeping on mattresses on the floor and fighting over food and stealing tampons and money, Mm -hmm. uh, that anyway, and working in this country and then, uh, not having, I'm not a stickler for documentation, mm-hmm. not at all. But even Donald Trump's agency, when he had one, was accused, rightfully so, of human trafficking with bringing models over without work documents and then treating them like shit, withholding their money. I mean, if you, oh God. Uh, so there's something called pocket money for models. And, okay. Okay. Are you familiar with how coal mining companies used to rack up debt for families? Oh. No. Uh, okay. Um, I'm like, what? Oh, I feel like I just went off on a terrible tangent then. Um, basically, <laughs> uh, before worker... I feel ro- like a ro- lot of
0: the audience or a lot of people that are going to be listening to this aren't familiar. And if they are, I think we need to just I kind would, of...
1: I would love to recap it then. Um, basically, coal mining companies and other uh, industries that flourished before labor unions were really formed or respected before workers' rights were attained in this country, Um, they would not pay workers in uh, money, like actual currency. They pay them in coupons or, like, chits uh, that were only usable at the company store. Oh, okay, okay, yes, I completely understand, yes. There's a classic called, uh, what is it, 14 tons or something, 16 tons uh, by Tennessee Ernie Ford about how you owe your soul to the company store. Yes, there's
0: a freaking name to that for the... um, Uh, What is the name? uh, It's almost serfdom. You live in the company house? No, because it's kind of the same thing as um, when we had slaves back in the United States. um, When they were free, sharecropping, yeah. It was a. a, a But they had to work to pay for their. to get free or something like that. Oh, yeah.
1: Literally, the hoe you use to till the store and the corn you use to grow and all that shit, it's owned and rented and it's just. It's owned by a corporation or a master. Exactly. So um, so same 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 thing. thing. You have a you have a balance with your agency and how much. I stayed in a one bedroom apartment with three other girls on cots in Italy, and uh, I had to pay over 500 euros every month for my place in that apartment. Three girls, that's 1,500 euros. Uh, I found out. Privately, in a separate situation, the agency rented that apartment for about 500 euros outright. So they were making a profit on us. And most agencies that aren't interested in securing worker permits or making sure there's safe conditions or uh, Uh importing girls over to work in nightlife. So Mm -hmm. when I lived in New York City in that apartment with eight other models... Uh, I lived there for free. There was free groceries. I didn't have to pay utilities. And three to four nights a week, we would go out to major nightclubs uh, in the meatpacking district. And we would go to a dinner from 10 to 12, eat for free. Sometimes there'd be a celebrity or a very well-off businessman. Then we'd go to a club. And we were like, when you see Celebrities and magazines at clubs with beautiful models around yes. them. We were the rented models, like so. We just be there and wait for people to show up. And there are people called promoters who get paid per head. Mm-hmm. If the model is blonde, thin, and white, they get more money per head. A thousand dollars for a blue chip girl. A blue chip girl is somebody who works with IMG, Next, um, just major Maryland woman DNA, major agencies. Um, the darker the hair the shorter the girl the darker the skin color the less money so if you have 12 girls going out to four different clubs a night and it can range anywhere from $300 a head to $1,000 a head or more per location you're making an enormous profit if you're bringing in somebody from fucking Jersey Shore or whatever and they're buying bottles and it it stacks up so you're like blowing my mind right now because Audiences. It's a human trafficking underground. Yeah. They don't even fucking talk about it. I've actually very rarely because this it is,
0: up. in a sense, the modern way of uh, human trafficking.
1: So these girls, I mean, I've parted with. It doesn't matter who I parted with, but these girls are brought into company with sheiks and saudi princes and people who work for major tech companies or started tech companies or, I mean, like low level celebrities like Snooki and Jenny McCarthy and like just. And girls who are with better agencies are with higher ranking celebrities mm-hmm. with more monies and more, ex- more money in more exclusive locations. And they're in every major city that has a fashion industry. And they have guys who wait on motorcycles outside of castings, and they say, "Hey, are you hungry?" which everybody's hungry because nobody can afford food. <laughs> they offer free lunch, and they get you with the free lunch. And I hadn't eaten in a while. And like, I remember Milan. And these guys are like, come, come to lunch. And they'll buy you, like, you get to pick from a menu, you get to buy from it, and then they say, come to dinner. You, are you going to have dinner? So then you go to dinner, and then they pressure you to go to the clubs. And, and at this point, you feel pressured to
0: do so yeah. because they've already brought you lunch and, and dinner. And when you
1: stop doing that, they call you and they're like, we're outside, come on, let's go. And it's, it's literally, they make money off of you. Some agencies will warn you away. Those men who hang outside of the, the castings, don't talk to them. I will know if you talk to them. Some of them will send girls to foreign countries Putting them in promoter, they're called promoters. We'll so put them in promoter houses. They'll uh, they'll set up this arrangement, and it's the agency gets a kickback too. It's totally terrible. I had to call, um, what is it called? Uh, There is a nonprofit that deals with human rights and workers' rights violations for models. And, I mean, this was in 2012 when I called them. But on behalf of a French model who was uh, being held in really terrible conditions, her passport. They take your passports from you. I forgot to mention this. Oh, my God. Okay, sorry. There's just so much. So this is actual human trafficking on a scale that we don't even think about. Of course, yeah. I mean... So there's legislation that was passed through this year called SESTA-FOSTA. Mm-hmm. These are anti-human trafficking uh, forms of lev- legislation. That is that supposed was, to help It's victims. supposed to prevent this. What they do is make online platforms responsible if somebody is trafficked or if like uh, this crime takes place through their platforms. So what they do is they shut it down. They remove it. Um, that sounds good in theory. It sounds good in theory, but... They ignored the advice and outright like pleading from human trafficking uh, advocates and mm-hmm. victims of human trafficking and sex workers, legitimate adult consenting yeah, exactly. sex workers. Uh, they, they ignored that and they took away what is actually a very useful, very integ- uh, important part of locating sex trafficking victims Finding them, collecting evidence against people who hold them in, in slavery—that's that's online evidence. That's mm-hmm. that's messages. That's uh, postings. There are even ah. so. Once you take away that form of evidence, what you've done is shove them further uh, away from obvious means of collecting that evidence, and uh, you force them on the ground. So instead of advertising, "Hey, so and so is going to be available here." and you can screenshot that, you can locate that, you can uh, arrange for that. Now they're working on the street and they're approaching people person to person. Um, Okay, and that's... That's bad. Yeah. So a lot of... uh, We all warn them about this. And for actual consenting sex workers, which consenting sex worker is like a redundant. It's like saying consensual sex when Mm -hmm. you're trying to say something other than rape. It's just redundant. Um, Consensual sex workers, though, are uh, forced to find other ways to find clients. And they have had tools like databases mm-hmm. uh, where you can verify a client. Imagine getting a, a message from a client with a phone number or an email address that you, or a picture that you can look in a database and see if it matches anybody else. Imagine taking away a communication network where you can verify whether or not somebody has beaten up his last five dates. That was taken away. Um... When did this... This happened earlier this year. Uh, I believe in, like, the spring. Okay. And we protested, we talked about it, and it's very disappointing because it's not a Republican Because you two thing. are
0: fighting this. Yeah.
1: I, I was very outspoken. I called people, I wrote letters, but, um... Bernie Sanders supported this. Uh, I mean, Hillary Clinton supports this. Fuck Hillary, but... <laughs> fuck all of that. Um, there's really nobody who is fighting for, uh sex workers' rights, or even listening to victims of trafficking about how this is so detrimental. And in the last year, we've seen so many deaths from, uh, from bad clients, uh, girls working on the street. And it really sucks because we have a wonderful community of sex workers, like international. Um, just we support each other in so many ways. And we have check-ins. And so I just remember the first couple of weeks, I remember the first couple of weeks we would see girls in regions saying like, hey, uh, I've already reported this to the police, but basically if you don't um, call your check-in in time, if you don't if you say, hey, I'm going to this location at this time with this person, this is what they sent me, here's my ping and everything, and they don't check in by a certain time, you call the police, you call the hotel staff with her description, like you you put it out on the network, hey, can somebody go check this physical address if they're in Chicago or San Diego or whatever. And so we were seeing mentions of girls like, I haven't heard from, I'm a check-in for so-and-so. I haven't heard from them in 24 hours. And then three days later, the police finally catch up, and they announce that she was found dead. There have been sex workers chopped into pieces, burned in cars, found in shallow graves, um, discovered in hotels. It's, and you're saying this is
0: after? This
1: is after SESTA at a greater rate. Um if you remove our means of staying safe and verifying people and referring clients. Yeah, all like, the
0: resources that really protected you all.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. and not only that, it had unintended repercussions, which, I mean, some people say it's intended, but it has repercussions on civilians. Uh, it effect, it results in censorship of consenting non-sex worker adults uh, in what they post and what they share. You saw a huge backlash from uh, Tumblr announcing they're going. Oh yeah, they're going PG thirteen or exactly. whatever. Yeah, I heard that. Um, I understand why, but it. And people are really upset that oh, it's affecting uh, queer people talking about being queer on Facebook. Oh, that's happening. That's uh, a- you can't talk about being gay or trans because of, on YouTube because those are flagged as adult topics. They prevent children from looking at it. Um, Etsy shops that target uh, not target that are directed at queer and trans sex workers shut down. Their listings deactivated. I saw that. I
0: might have stalked you on Facebook, <laughs> <That's okay. laughs> and uh, I, I, think I so. should post a lot. I'm <clears> throat> sorry. Throat> no, no, no. It's uh, completely okay. I was seeing that they took down a Etsy shop because I think they sold like harnesses and different. Um... Mm-hmm.
1: So harness can, sorry, I gulped that. <laughs> Do harness you want can more? describe more? <laughs> yes. Uh, harnesses can describe um, body, like, uh, body pieces of art, but it can also describe a sexual aid that uh, anchors a dildo, a strap-on adaptable dildo to utilize during penetrative sex with a partner. And um, so what you're doing is taking away access to clients for independent local queer oriented businesses and that's not right i mean i see a ton of um sex gear on etsy that is for people with disabilities um you know sleeves and mittens for folks who aren't able to grip uh impact tools so that they can still flog their partner Mm -hmm. and you're taking away their ability to communicate my boyfriend He's a trans man from the Valley, and some of his best friends that he's traveled across the country to meet and hang out and who really grew up with him, Mm -hmm. he met on Tumblr. Oh, wow. Yeah, and you remove that dangerous aspect of trying to find people in person. I mean, I love that the Valley has now developed such a strong trans network, such Mm -hmm. a strong sex worker community, but even imparting information to people who are interested in webcamming, interested in selling panties or socks or doing whatever... Form of sex work they feel comfortable and inspired by, uh, I could go to jail for con- for contributing to trafficking, human trafficking, mm-hmm. and it's it's super sad. Sorry I if-
0: <laughs> No, you're fine. Um, I'm super honest. I tell it, them like, oh, I burped on you. On <laughs> it also affects how sex educators advertise their classes, advertise their
1: consultation services, and I worry about that every day mm-hmm. for my for myself. I I am honestly hit up so many you're fine
0: so many just burp on the mic (laughs) Uh,
1: do we have any more of this i couldn't burp for like years from vomiting i really destroyed my esophagus and my gag reflex and everything so i couldn't burp and i had to be burped by somebody but i can burp on my own now it's just a little struggle anyway um thank you oh i can no no, i just realized
0: i pushed it at you like a bartender don't worry
1: um so we were talking about do you want more I think Cloud would love some more. Uh, queer stuff and sex work. Oh, um, so all the, there's a, lots of reasons people get into sex work. And there's so many different facets of the industry, just like the modeling industry. And people have this assumption that sex workers are somebody who engages in risky, street level, person to so, person, full service. Yeah, because
0: when I think of sex workers, I immediately think of porn. Oh that's amazing usually people skip to escorts, but oh no, no, I immediately think of porn yeah i'm a I'm an avid porn watcher people have this <laughs> gr- same you know? yeah, people have this
1: assumption about porn that it one it, any industry that profits off of you know the isolation and ignorance of its its performers mm-hmm. i mean it's going to have some issues and okay. I mean just under capitalism, yeah. but we'll get into. Socialist shit next time maybe. I know hopefully George's yeah. back on um, but the sex industry the porn industry one it kept the California economy afloat during mm-hmm. the recession uh, two it has a a ton of stringencies regarding like getting tested every two weeks mm-hmm. having, yes. uh, having So approval. I feel like
0: legal sex work because there is the human trafficking which i i would w- you wouldn't call it sex work then it was just human trafficking so it's like what we call rape sex it's it's
1: assault it's it's uh, i understand it's sexual assault but it's like taking consent out of it if you were forced into something by a family member a friend a boyfriend mm-hmm. or somebody literally holding you hostage and manipulating you through drug addiction or whatever that's not consensual yeah and consensual
0: is so cool (laughs) it's so great Um, no definitely i have had a whole episode about consent um especially when um you're drinking yeah do you think you're in your right mind but how much is it like how do you from oh i'm sorry i
1: touched the mic from my own experience uh i have been sexually assaulted many times in my life unfortunately and one of the things that really affected me was being given uh, um, a Xanax by mm-hmm. somebody who mm-hmm. saw that I was throwing up and uh, having a panic attack at work. They were like, oh, you're terrible right now. You're vomiting and crying and like panicking. Here, have a Xanax. I'd never had a Xanax before. It affected me very strongly. It took away, my, took away a lot of things that most people would like to have at 19, uh, like memories and stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, my much older friend took me to a bar. And the bartender poured me a lot of alcohol knowing I was under 21 uh, because my friend worked there and uh, got me very drunk. And people I met that night let me know, oh, I saw you. You were a wasted girl. You were a mess. Mm -hmm. Um, And then that bartender came to my home Mm -hmm. and had sex with me. And for years, I felt so guilty about that. I would have had sex with this person sober. They were very handsome. Mm -hmm. But... And I was told, like, oh, this person was drinking. They probably weren't They weren't thinking that way, too. So you both were drunk. It's not rape. It's fine. And the way I think about it is I was told by people that I was very intoxicated. I was let go from that situation where somebody was trying to help ease a panic attack because I was an unmedicated, mentally ill person mm-hmm. uh, trying to work very hard, working two jobs. And this person left their job, clocked out successfully, and drove across town and came to my home. And have yeah. sex with me. We were not on the same level, and that's where I. That's where you can have drunk sex, yeah. But you should be on the same level. I'm in.
0: Uh, yeah, I'm in the same boat. Um, I talked about this on another, the the consent um, episode, and I talk. I talked, really talk about this so much. Huh? Like I'm always. I feel like I'm always
1: talking about rape. I'm sorry. No, share your no,
0: it's completely okay because I was in a, an emotionally abusive relationship, um, and I talk about it constantly. But that is my way of healing. You know? Valid. uh, Valid as heck and very important. that's why it is okay about talking about sexual assault and rape because that is a way for you to heal or to get those things out of your...
1: I think because that is a very common thing people hear. They are in environments where they should feel safe and they're Mm -hmm. with people they feel uh, trusting towards. But most likely we are statistically... Going to be assaulted by people we know, friends of our friends, friends of our family, or family members. Yeah, and um, we don't realize that we're looking for the strange person in the
0: alley. The the yeah, and I think a lot of people have that idea. There there is some random person, but it's no. It's the person that you thought was going to be able to take care access of access to you exactly. So it's, it's sad,
1: and I mean. It's unfortunate that uh police officers in the Rio Grande Valley do not have the same understanding of these cases I have been to I've been called by sh- near strangers to go and meet them at an ER where they can get a, a rape kit done and people don't realize how difficult it is to get a rape kit done in the valley um, yeah uh, th- so basically rape kits that are going that will be credible in a legal investigation later have to be performed or conducted by a sexual assault forensic evidence. uh, Or no, sexual assault forensic examiner, so they can collect a kit that's a sexual assault forensic evidence. So um, if you go to an ER that doesn't have somebody trained in forensic evidence gathering, the rape kit they get uh, can be thrown out because it is not done by a professional. And in the lower val, or in the upper valley, there's very few options. One of them is Mission Regional, I believe, and uh, I believe DHR. Okay. And in the lower valley, I think it's Valley Baptist, and there's one other Harlingen something. But if you get sexually assaulted at the island and physically beaten, and an ambulance which has to cross the bridge because there's no ambulance companies a- across the bridge already they get you they take you to the nearest hospital there may they may take you to the wrong one you may have a line of evidence compromised because they didn't take you to the correct one no. and there
0: and they've already And done. you don't
1: know that you might be unconscious like there's It's so difficult. Um, I have gone to McAllen PD with a woman who has text messages from the guy admitting what occurred, which is that he sexually assaulted a woman after she fell asleep, and he was sorry because he just really thought she was pretty. And McAllen PD, we have them recorded dogging this victim, telling them, well, you're going to be smarter next time. And what did you think was going to happen? And just my daughter is too smart for this. And I
0: think it's horrible because like I said, I was in a position where I got super drunk. I called this guy, and I was like, you know what? He's he's picked me up when I'm drunk. He's taking me out to eat, and then we'll come back home, and th- and that's it. So I was like, why would this time be any different? So we went out, we drank, and we partied and everything, and I don't remember leaving downtown. I woke up the next morning. He was next to me, naked. I was naked, and I was like, Everything hurts. My chest hurt. My, like...
1: He had left you in pain. How yeah. did you feel?
0: I felt very violated. I felt completely violated. I was... But at the same time, I was like, it's my fault. Yeah. It's my fault. I'm the one that called him. I was drunk. I called him. I wanted to go out. Maybe I wanted it when I was drunk. And so, yeah, so... You're I were so strong. Thank you for sharing that. I, I know you've shared it before, but... Yeah, thanks. I have. And I've actually... At first, I felt really like, okay, this is a lot. Like, I felt so ugly for so long. And maybe this isn't the way to cope with it or anything. If it works for you, it's For a long time, I was like, should I message him? I want to let him know what I think. So, like I said, this is not the right way to ever deal with anything. So I called him one night. Did you record it? No, no, no. But I called him. No, no, no. I called him, and I was like, I want to see you. And he's like, okay, yeah. So I picked him up he came over and i initiated sex to see if i wanted it. Yeah. Did you want it? Did you like it? Was it I less? didn't like it. I felt uncomfortable. We stopped and i was like and then he mentioned something he's like a lot of people said you felt uncomfortable around me and i turned to him and i was like how would you feel if you weren't in your right mind and i violated you? I was like how would you feel about that? How would you feel knowing that i had sex with you and you don't remember anything? Did he anything? remember it? He did. The next day after everything he like told me and like i hate and so i so he was like wow and i was like yeah you can leave now yeah. and after that i just felt like a relief because i had confront i had confronted him and i got that off of my chest i didn't have to think about anything that was
1: that was how you found I felt peace like, or closure and exactly because
0: like i felt like you know what i decided to do this this time
1: i'm super proud of you. I know that's super hard. And what I've learned, uh, a friend of mine that I helped, or I was in a position of support to after they were assaulted, we helped create Advocacy for Everyone, which is an advocacy organization based in the Rio Grande Valley that provides support and information regarding resources for victims of domestic violence and sexual assault, regardless of gender, age, whatever, sexual orientation, Um, because anyone can be a victim. Or anybody can be victimized, but all of us have the potential to survive terrible things like this with support Mm -hmm. and proper resources. And I just wanted to let you know that I, the person I had mentioned earlier, I messaged his wife and I asked to talk about all of this stuff because I saw that they were looking for uh, polyamorous partners. And I was just like, just so you know, like I have had sex with your partner and it was not consensual for a lot of reasons and this is why and th- they acknowledged it and apologized for it but it just didn't feel right uh-huh. it didn't feel like yeah it. Uh, but um i mean you're not always going to get the closure you want yeah. and it's okay what i really have a hard time stomaching and like you know taking in is i have sex with women Mm -hmm. And for many years, I have had intoxicated, under the influence, sex with people, men and women. And it's pretty easy to see when somebody is not there. And yeah. it's not fun to have sex with people like that. Like, I don't know what kind of sex y'all are having, but like, I want to put you in my cage. I want to make <laughs> you, you know, spell the alphabet backwards. I want to like engage in psychosexual stimulation with you. And I have legit, even back when I was married to a very, inabusive, very abusive person, everything we experienced, I still can say very like strongly. I taught that guy how to have consensual sex with non-drunk people and I got them into the habit of giving water to this person, giving them food, rolling a joint, like Mm -hmm. watching Netflix. Like there's so many things you can do while you wait for somebody to come to and you can have sex in the morning. You can have sex at 5am and it's going to be so much better. Mm -hmm. (sighs) I'm definitely not in a position to tell anybody the right or wrong way to interact with somebody properly. But if you think there's a chance that you might end up a bad experience for somebody else, if you might become a person or you might become the person that ruins something for you
0: mm-hmm.
1: take a step back put him to bed it's so
0: fucking easy you wouldn't even believe how easy it is to yeah. just not
1: hurt people yeah
0: no when i really felt like consent was so attractive mm-hmm. was i went out with a fr- i went out with i had like a guy friend that was always with me we would always get drunk we would always never once did anything
1: mm-hmm.
0: right one time we, we took a vacation together And there was a night that I got super drunk, and he told me the next day he's like, "You were super drunk. You were literally trying to do this and this and this when you're drunk." And I was like, "I'm so sorry." Like, I are
1: things okay with y'all now?
0: We don't talk, but it wasn't because of that. It was for other things. But he was like, "He's like, I am attracted to you." He's like, "I would love to." He's like, "But I want you in your right mind." And
1: it's not fun to have someone throw up on your penis or yeah.
0: So I. I in that when he told me that he's like if we were to do anything I want you to be in your right mind I want you I was like this is so attractive that you want me to say yes and like you know what I mean like I had never had someone to actually openly say it
1: should be more common exactly so what, when I used to work with Adam and Eve and when I would go and talk to people cuz people would hire me for like sororities and parties and like social circles and I mean school districts mm-hmm. uh I would go and I would talk about things and What I would say to people, because sometimes in certain environments, people feel very comfortable touching you without permission. Yeah. And it's not even in a way that's always intended negatively or like predatory. But I, I have had like male customers in the store back when I worked there where they would like put their hand on my shoulder or like grasp me and pull me close or they would stand too close behind me. And what I told them is, um, let's pretend we're at an orgy right now. Mm -hmm. And these guys are gross and they're like, Oh yeah, Uh, at an orgy. And I'm like, okay, cool. Number one rule at an orgy is don't touch people without permission or you have to leave the orgy. Okay. Uh And they would get it. But it's true in pretty much any burner space or um, well-run BDSM party or polyamorous swinger whatever mixer, you don't touch people without permission. Sometimes there's wristbands that say like, "Oh, I'm here to observe," and the okay. color would mean like, "I'm wow. here to play."
0: Wow, I would like is was this in New York or uh, where was this?
1: Sometimes I learned honestly. I learned everything I know over in a specific burner scene. I kind of just fell into, and I feel very lucky about. Mm-hmm. Uh, Okay, so I was just trying to remember how I met some beautiful people. Because
0: I don't know if there is anything like that here in the Valley. Yes, there's
1: so, so much. Wow. Um, Not in like a, you should know this, but in a, there's a lot, I think there's a lot of ways that they can be improved, and there are some pockets that are very open to being improved. Mm -hmm. I am part, well, um, I have a membership card for a swinger club that's... Wow. In the in the valley, I won't mention it. It's got a private location. Yeah, yeah, no, we it's don't. Very, ju- it's very secure. They're very open to people like me, uh, and I, I like them a lot. But um, what I've noticed in BDSM circles and some swinger polyamory circles is that it's a little uh, misogynistic, anti-trans, anti-queer, um... I, and I just would like to change that. I've thrown polyamorous mixers, like, downtown. I had one at CNAL Ray once, and okay. it was very successful. Um, I've made some wonderful connections by just being open and honest about who I am. My name is George. Um, I'm a, a dominant BDSM switch, and I'm an educator, and this is what I like. And um, and we've met some negative people, too. There's, there's bad apples.
0: There's a lot of people that won't understand it or don't accept it.
1: Yeah, um... So no matter how earnest and sincere you are, no matter how, mar- how much you try to prevent hurting people or uh, upsetting people, there's always going to be people who think that what you're doing is evil, outright evil. Um, but Yeah, like
0: I'm sure there's people that don't agree with this podcast or what I do, <laughs>
1: you know? Luckily, we have the freedom to turn something off if we don't like it or turn around. Yeah, that's what I think, too. I'm like, if you don't appreciate
0: this, just turn it off. You don't have to come and tell me, just... Just stop. Yeah, exactly.
1: Some people have a hard time. So even just trans, queer, non-Christian existence, they get very upset because what you're doing is threatening uh, their idea of how society and how life should work. A man marries a woman and they have children. Once you start swapping gender roles, once you start deconstructing toxic paradigms, you're you're breaking the fabric of reality itself. And if that's not true, then is God really an old white man with a beard up in heaven? And Jesus was his blue eyed, white skinned son. Like what, what is life? (laughs) But if my mother, who is a very, very strong in her faith, Christian woman can love me and call me by my name and respect what I do, then I have a lot of hope for a lot of people.
0: I I feel like here in the Valley, I guess back then, I don't know about now, I've never really tried to interact. Now I feel like it's kind of the norm that we're very accepting. But it's maybe it's around, it's my circle, you know?
1: No, it, it's,
0: so the Valley is so
1: perfect. And I say that because everybody has that really butch aunt. Or that one cousin. Okay. Like, am I the butcher? aunt? No. Or <laughs> that one queer cousin. Like, everybody has a thea a with, like, a mullet and, like, a button-up shirt. Or an uncle with, like, really tight pants and rhinestone pockets. Like, I don't have any of that in my family. I think I'm one of the, I'm, I think I'm that person.
0: No, I really, I don't. I think, okay, so I have the very religious aunt. I, all of my aunts are very religious. I have one that's kind of a little, like, no offense to her, but a little bit more materialistic, very into herself. Does she live in Sherryland? She lives in McKellen. Oh, you're like going up. Yeah. So
1: I, I, come from a very, mi- I come from a family that divorced, and the mm. my father's side of the family has always had a lot more money, a lot more social and political connections, and they're very materialistic. And I see my mother, who is very humble, a transplant to the valley, not mm. really used to anything, who tries their best, and. Interestingly enough, my white southern—I'm mother... Cause I'm biracial. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mother's white southern family has been very accepting of like her lesbian sister, okay. and her her sisters. I mean, for a long time, her girlfriend of like twelve years that I was raised with, and then her girlfriend's new girlfriend, her ex-girlfriend's new girlfriend, and then my aunt's wife. Like at one point, we had like just a flock of lesbians, and, <laughs> and it was it was very cool. But um, I was just gonna say that the valley. Is surprisingly accepting in a lot of ways. I do get stared, like I go to the stripes on Monte Cristo. Like when I wait in the taco line, like Mm. literally there is people who are just like,
0: like eye contact and open mouth. You know what? I get it. Staring happens. You know you're kind of you're curious. You're curious. You want to know what's going on. But I appreciate that they don't have any negative things to say, at least not to your face, you know? And I would, I, I'd rather them not say, like, you know what, don't I, say it to me. So
1: my big thing is, there's, uh, my big thing is, it's dangerous to be different. Um, so trans people... Trans women of color, in particular, uh, they have a life expectancy life expectancy of thirty. One in eight trans women of color are murdered by the time they're thirty. This is a horrific statistic, and it has gone up in recent years because of mainstream media focus. And instead of being responsible in their role of informing the American public, they are sensationalizing things. They are. Uh, lying outright that whole north carolina legal uh fight about trans bathroom rights Mm -hmm. ridiculous ignoring facts again trans women are just trying to pee and the idea (laughs) that they are waiting that they are cis men waiting in the bathroom to sexually assault little girls and women it one ignores the it derails the attention that they actually need, which is greater support and funding for uh, processing rape kits, mm-hmm. um, increasing sensitivity training funding for uh, police departments, mm-hmm. and helping train staff of hospitals that either have forensic nurses or do not, so that they can appropriately process these these uh, survivors of assault. And like, it's very interesting that McAllen PD, for years, has rejected um, this sensitivity training from local victim advocacy orgs to do their own in-house training. And uh, honestly, it's lacking. It is severely lacking from instances that we have observed outright and recorded, as is our right when we report crimes. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I can
0: literally just go on about no, this no, 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 that's fine. I, I be so bad. Oh my god. OK, we're going to take a mini break. I'm sorry. Okay, so we're back from the mini break. Um, The reason that I was, I wanted to talk about the RGV being, um, I guess, like I think they're super welcoming. And but at first, like I, when I was like twelve or thirteen, I didn't think they, uh, nobody was like that, especially with tradition, the typical traditional values of like back home Mexico, everybody's um, doesn't talk about these things. Yeah, they don't talk about these things. They don't accept these things. And I remember when I was twelve or thirteen, I i guess had my first um what is it like encounter with <laughs> a queer a, person yeah or queer
1: queer representation yeah
0: and so they were two men and i think they no, they were two women and they i think they were holding hands and they kissed and um my mom had not the nicest words to say
1: do you remember where you were was I, it at the mall i was at the mall yeah. And I, okay. No, no, tra- no. I was just going to say, I hate going to the mall because I get stared at so much. I have a hard time. I legitimately think, should I show my legs? Should I present a certain way? Because people are nicer to us when, like me and my boyfriend, when we present as a cis-hetero couple. So uh-huh. I was just
0: wondering where yeah. it was. No, yeah, it was at the mall. And like I said, I was 12 or 13. So this was about, what, 10, 11 years ago. And Young. Yeah. So young. I love it. <laughs> and I remember looking at my mom after she said those things and I told her, I was like, if that was me, would you want people talking about me the way you are talking about them? I was like, because at the I was like at the end of the day,
1: at 12 or 13, that is an amazingly like mature thing to say and strong to say that to an
0: adult. Yeah. And I don't know where i was where i got these ideas from gay I, jesus was talking <laughs> through you girl <laughs> but i remember telling her i was like if i was like you don't know if one day i'm going to come out like i mean back then it was just gay or lesbian Are you right an only child i'm not oh yeah i'm, I'm not so, I, I i wasn't assuming but no no i have two oh wait, i thought that was a cat that was your foot i'm i'm,
1: huge. <laughs> I'm sorry i'm
0: just no, huge so fine. <laughs> no i have two older sisters um three little sisters and then three older brothers. Oh, okay, you're like me. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. And so You're the youngest? Yeah. And so that's why I didn't understand like I was very I've always been very open-minded. I'm very like against everybody's like like Traditional like views of everything. I'm the one that like pushes everybody's buttons until they kind of accept everything. And I remember telling her, I was like, you don't know if later on I'm going to be into women. I was like, what if that was me? I was like, you're gonna you want people talking bad about me? She's like, but it's not you. It's not gonna be you. I was like, you don't know that. I was like, that's someone's daughter. I was like, don't you're a person. Yeah. You
1: humanize these people that your mother had been conditioned yeah.
0: to. And, look and down so on. now.
1: Love it. Yeah, and
0: so now a lot of my friends are gay, and a lot of them, a lot of them are queer. They identify so differently, and so
1: many of our friends are gay. That's yeah. why I'm making this look like.
0: <laughs> yeah, and so my mom's like, oh yeah, and so she's very welcoming now. She like embraces them so well, like, and I love it. My best friend, one of my best friends, he's gay, and she's like, I love him. Invite him over, hmm? no, and so she invites him all like all the time, and I love it because it's like from ten years ago you wouldn't have recognized that woman mm. you know
1: you wouldn't have been comfortable sharing that house
0: yeah that roof with this person. yeah and like I identify as a straight cis female yes cool You're right and is also like, is that correct that's yes. how I, okay so that's how i identify and but i and i've never had to go through any struggles as far as like my you know what I mean? Like I'm a,
1: sure you've experienced similar parallels and, like, uh, not necessarily mm, the same, like... I uh, think
0: mine are a little bit more of being a female, you know, in a male-dominated I, world. You're a beautiful brown woman <laughs> yeah. with a strong and being personality. Brown, yeah, so I've had those kinds of struggles, but never for my interest in men. or Like, that's never an issue.
1: That's very... Um, I'm, I'm not, like, trying to, like, suck your dick or anything, but, like, <laughs> it's hard for people to verbalize that. They're like, well, I haven't had an easy life. I've worked for everything. And it's like, no, but you haven't had this issue yeah. because you are that. What was really uh, crazy for me is my boyfriend is a trans man of color. Mm-hmm. And um, right now, at this time in the United States, it is a very, very sensitive issue um, to be a trans person and be getting your documentation. Um, they are denying passports to American citizens with very obvious credible stacks of paperwork to support them. But right now, also, they're denying paperwork, birth certificates, and passports to people who were born on the border in the Rio Grande Valley especially, whose birth was assisted by a midwife.
0: OK, yeah. So there was a whole thing. I feel like there's this whole world that nobody ever talks about. Like, I feel like I talk about it so much that I'm boring. But like, it's, um, how do I explain it? Um, for people who are cis male or female that don't identify as queer. They're gay, not
1: in this like current. Exactly. Yeah. So what you're doing is providing a
0: platform for
1: um, a, a marginalized community. And you are you are from your own marginalized community, and you are thriving and doing amazing, and you're helping us, and that's that's called intersection, children. <laughs> um, so I had no idea that one uh, that was a thing. So my boyfriend getting his documentation updated and accurate and everything. Uh, there are two intersections of his unique aspects of his identity, which is being a trans man and a brown person of color, mm-hmm. where it makes it extra difficult for him to move around safely. Um, he got pulled over once for a bullshit reason, for a bullshit reason, <laughs> had his car torn apart, sniffed by dogs. Every fucking thing and piece of paperwork in our car was just thrown about. And he actually asked the person, because he at the time he had an ID that was his birth name, his birth, gender, okay. assassination, assignation, not assassination. <laughs> and he was like, if you guys took me to jail, like you where would you put me? Because to put a trans person in general population, especially in the men's general population, it's very dangerous. Mm-hmm. But they don't really have appropriate protocols to follow through when they are taking in people. And um, anyway, I just I had no idea about that. And sometimes I feel so insecure and so fearful. We have a rule in my house: we don't go to gas stations
0: after dark because we were harassed. Uh, out of stripes. And, um, I feel like I have that rule as well, but, um, it's, I, f- I guess I felt, it's different
1: I, because I'm very tall and mm-hmm. I wear boots and I just stride purposefully with my New York swagger and whatnot. Yeah. I said swagger like a <laughs> old white swagger. Um, but I went to a stripes once and a man shouted at me and because I, I assumed he had read me as female cause I was wearing shorts and I assumed he was saying something gross. So I just like kept going in. I went to the bathroom. And by the time I had gotten my items and come to the register, the very obvious butchy cashier was like, are you OK? And yeah. I was like, oh my god, this is so great. Stripes employees are seeing my anxiety, and they're mm-hmm. asking how I'm doing. And I was like, I'm a little anxious. Thank you for noticing. And they were like, no, but did you hear what that guy said? And I was like, what did he say? And she's like, he called you Maricon. <laughs> Like. He shouted it aloud, God!" Uh-huh. Like very loud. And they're like, I wanted to say something, but I don't want to lose my job. And I instantly froze because a lot of times people assume I'm, I am a trans woman, somebody who was assigned male at birth, and I'm tris- transitioning into uh, a binary definition of womanhood. It's not who I am, and I'm not insulted in that way in any shape or form, but it is a very dangerous box to Mm -hmm. be placed in in our society and I worry about that violence and this person assumed that I was a cis queer male short shorts hairy legs I was wearing makeup
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and the thinking I ran to our car from the cash the cash rep and I told my boyfriend to lock the key it locked the doors and I cried because my boyfriend looks like a man because he is a man. Mm-hmm. He's read as male by average society. But when he's put next to me, and I blur the line so much that people aren't sure if I am a man or a woman or what genitals I'm rocking down mm-hmm. there below my belt, um, it, it makes him kind of blurry by association. Mm-hmm. And trans men, non-binary people, trans women, they're murdered we have fucking academy academy award winning movies about trans people being murdered and i i worry about that so much and because i am the victim of violence i have ptsd mm-hmm. and uh it has made me very introspective it has made me very selective about who is allowed near my home who knows my address my my phone number and when I go in public, I worry about those encounters. Going to Casa Kevin and being called Hoto, like in the makeup aisle, when I'm just trying to fucking find some dollar bronzer and shit, mm-hmm. Like, it's whatever. But not knowing who's going to follow us, who's going to try and hurt us for whatever reason. We're so lucky. We're so lucky that hasn't happened yet. But some people aren't so lucky. Mm-hmm. And we're trying to avoid being hashtags. We're trying to avoid being memorial yeah. spots. I'm doing a lot of things with my life, and it's taken a lot of effort to overcome certain things. So if I'm here now, and you can hear me, you can see me, oh, I'm so fucking blessed. Because some people, they never get the chance to share their story. They never get the chance to be witnessed. Seven-year-olds are dying on this side of the border because of dehydration, because of exhaustion, because of cruelty from our administration. So goddamn, if I am here, there must be, It. there might not even be a fucking reason, but I should make my reason. I should yeah. find my reason and I should, I should figure out what the fuck this is all about. And I should help people. You yeah. should help people. Definitely. And that's, that's the universal you, the person listening to this, the person sitting across from me at this table, find your reason and help others. There's no sin out there except for hurting other people unnecessarily. Fuck Robert Heinlein, but as he said, hurting yourself isn't a sin, but it's stupid. That's it. Okay. Thank you,
0: George. Um. Thanks
1: for being here. Thanks for doing this. No. Oh, yeah. I don't know what's safe, though, so I don't want to attack it.
0: No. Oh. Yeah. So, George, oh, so um, we're going to wrap this up. Is cool. there anything you would like to promote or talk about before we wrap it up?
1: Hi. I'm an independent intimacy consultant, which means if you have a question about anal sex, if you would like step-by-step instructions for introducing Shibari into your intimate role-playing with your partner. Shoot me a message. Um, I'm sure Carla would be very kind to link my my Facebook uh, link and my email address. I also have um, slots available for card readings and brujería. I do long distance recorded readings, as well as in-person RGB location readings, cleansings, and curse breakings. I do sour jars and honey jars. And if you are a graduate student or somebody applying for an adjunct professor role, if you have questions regarding sociology, gender norms, um, you know, eco-feminism and brujería, send me a message. I do have a rate. Um, And if anybody is interested in donating to Palm Valley Animal Center or angry tias y abuelas, Um, They are both helping keep humans and animals warm during the strong winter under a cruel administration. So please consider donating.
0: All right, George, thank you for being here. I appreciate you sharing so much.
1: I feel like so like I'm I'm a dumb, but I'm a good.
0: So, guys, I will talk to you guys next week. So bye.
1: Bye.